All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the It Matters to Me podcast, a show dedicated to the people who pursue a craft, skill, or simply a life's passion for no reason other than the fact that it brings them true happiness. I'm your host, Adam Casey, and in this episode, I have the time of my life talking with Kofi Endo. Engineer by trade, but chef at heart, Kofi is one of my closest and most admired friends. Never has the term renaissance man ever been more appropriate than when describing him. Years ago, Kofi started a mobile restaurant and catering business in Southern California known as Word of Mouth Kitchen. Offering simple, seasonal menus, Kofi hopes to create a place where people of all walks of life can congregate, connect, eat, drink, and quote, be merry. Born in Ghana, Kofi has strong ties to his roots and the customs of the culture he grew up in. Not only was food a centerpiece of it, but also the joy that comes along with cooking for others. In our talk, we explore what it has been like for him to start Word of Mouth Kitchen and how it gives Kofi a sense of community. We also discuss how food can bring people together and how important it is to surround ourselves with others during the simple process of just eating a meal. This is just a truly great conversation between old friends, and if you're needing a mood boost, trust me, this one is going to put a smile on your face, guaranteed. So without any further delay, let's get to my talk with Kofi. All right, everyone, I want to welcome you to another episode of the It Matters to Me podcast. And I know I say this at the beginning of every episode, but this is just one of the you know greatest privileges to be able to introduce my guest today, Kofi, who is what you will soon come to find one of the greatest human beings on earth. And he's a man of multi-talents, and I'm just so excited to have him on the show today. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. Such a kind of words. <laughs> I'm grateful so, and, and uh, forever I cherish this moment. So thank you. Yeah, man. Well, something I'd like I'm starting to get into with each episode now is um, before we get into why the the theme, you know, that brings you to the show, we start talking about that, which is cooking. There's no uh, spoiler there. But one of the things I want to ask you just so listeners can get a feel for for the Kofi that I know is if you and I were growing up together and we are sitting here right now. How do you think I would describe young Kofi? <laughs> you know, was was actually funny is that young Kofi was. Uh, I, I grew up, of course, I grew up in Ghana, West Africa, and young Kofi was a very, very. Uh, he he was always running around getting in trouble because he was. He, he, you know that I always have like this curious mind. And so everything I see, I got to go touch it, regardless whether that, th that thing is going to hurt me or not. You know, so the, the young Kofi was actually very, he was very, very smart kid, but he was always, always poking at something that he's not supposed to be doing um, out of curiosity, of course. Um, and so, and, and of course, I didn't know my parents. So I grew up with my, uh, my mom's best friend. And I felt really bad for that woman now because she would get she would get all the the issues 
that I will create. People will come to me and say, your son did this, that, that, and that. And for someone who's raising somebody else's child, I thought it was quite a bit to take. So I, I was quite a, a fireball, actually. Uh, but in, in a good way. I was always curiosity. I was always going here. I want to do this. I want to try this. Um, that's something that's always been constant is is that is the, the, that curiosity has always been something that even till today is probably that's what leads me to doing all these multiple things you know but and and one of those multiple things you know so i'd like to uh, would say I, I guess that you you know you you pay the bills as an engineer yes um but yet you pursue cooking on yes. on the side um, yes. i'm not going to call cooking a side hustle no. Uh, because you're not hustling by any means, but you're you're grinding. I don't know whatever right. you're, you're obviously putting <laughs> in work. Um, but no, you 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 come to both both of those with the same level of intensity and uh, devotion, which is really admirable. But do you think that curiosity? Do you or, you know are you curious as an engineer, and are you curious as as a as a chef? You know, do you? find yourself wondering what if i do this kind of thing on a daily basis i think the the, the cooking thing really came about is because of my love of humanity and connecting with people there is there's this thing that i always tell friends that if when i meet you i'm your best friend until you give me a reason to put you in a uh, acquaintance bucket and that is true. That's the way I ran my life. I ran my life as a, a coffee shop, come in when you want, live when you want, no judgments, nothing. Because life is all kinds of stuff. And, 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 and so to me, almost all my friends that I have, I've connected with them one of three ways. One, either I give them a gift. Two, we work on a project together. And three, the most common is we break bread. So... Because my love for humans, uh, people, and also my love of cooking and gathering people around, that's where the cooking came in. And there's nothing, you, you, the way to really connect with people, you can't connect with anybody. Uh, the best way is through food because it, it's like, it's such an intimate moment um, that you sit down and you get to see the person and you talk and you eat. And so that's where the cooking really came about is, is that I, my love for people and, and how I want to gather them together and connect with them is what made me dive into that idea. And, and I love food. You know, I always say the way, the way to my heart is through my stomach. <laughs> so, um, so that's where the cooking really came in. Um, it, it had really, the, the, the curiosity, of course, was always there. But um, I also grew up cooking sitting right next to my surrogate mother when she was cooking so um the idea of you know connecting with people through food was always almost a thing for me and one and one thing i want to say that one of my favorite memories of you is when i was you know living in san diego where you are right now um and i was transferring from the navy to the marine corps and i was about to <laughs> embark on a cross cross-country road trip <laughs> Well, obviously, I couldn't leave without saying goodbye. And uh, one of my parting gifts from you was a feast of a chicken and roasted vegetables. That... Oh, man. I, I, I... I remember that. Holy... I remember that. And you came in and you, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's. 
I, I oh, swung God. by your apartment with my, I think my Ford Explorer that was just weighed down with all my <laughs> earthly possessions. And I meet you out front of your apartment and you basically just hand me this tray, like an actual tray of a whole roasted chicken. I remember that. <laughs> and, and, and I just had that look I on my face that. like... I love you, but like, what am I going to do with this right now? <laughs> and I t- well, I'll tell you what I did. I ate the shit out of that thing because it was delicious. Um, but you know what's actually interesting is that it, it that in my culture, it's actually um, when you're traveling, that's what people actually do. They give you food. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, like family will give you food. They won't give you necessarily money. They will say, here. Here is the, you know, I remember my surrogate mother when I, even when I was coming to America, <laughs> he made some things where I had to throw it away at the airport because they wouldn't let me bring in the airport. But it's a very custom that when you're traveling, um, people will give you food and say, here's something in case you get hungry, you can eat it. Um, and, and I think that came from just the, the traditional way that we live because back, back in the days, uh, people walked everywhere. Um, and they were not necessarily, you know, food vendors or anything like that. So when you're traveling, um, family will give you a small little, whether it's water, somebody may give you water, somebody may give you a, a small little, um, I don't know, soup, eggs, boiled eggs. And, and so that, that, that is basically how you, you see somebody off with food. <laughs> and is, is food, how you know, I think a lot of cultures tie a lot of their traditions to food, and um, but what what kind of traditions revolve around food in Ghana? Oh, it, there's a lot. Um, the, there's um, food is almost everything. For instance, let me let me say, if you come to my house and I don't offer you a food or or drink or something like that, and somebody sees me, you're gonna be the talk of the town. You know, so food is such a, a thing. Uh, there's, a, there's no saying in my language that you never let uh, anybody starve. Um, and, and that's the way we look at food. Even say, um, if I have food I'm eating and you walk in, I'm supposed to, by culture, but I'm supposed to ask you, offer you, hey, give you the chance. Say, hey, Adam, I'm eating. Please join me. I have to I have to be able to give you that chance for you to refuse yes or no. Um, if you don't, that is that people will look at you as a very selfish and very uh, 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 rude person ever. So food is such a such an important part of our culture, and, and I think it's not that at all far fetched, right? I think a lot of even in Europe, I lived in Europe for a while, and in France, Italy, food is such a you're never going to see anybody in those regions eating while running around you know they typically take their time and sit down and have a meal and, and that's how ghana uh, we want you sit down you have a meal with your family before you move on and do you think that we lose out on something um here in america because you know food isn't doesn't really have you know there are traditions in, with food but i can tell you you know you know growing up it was, you know, sometimes we'd sit around the dinner table, sometimes we didn't. And sometimes, you know, you're just getting food on the go. And do you think that there's 
that as a culture we're losing out on uh, we're losing out on something, you know, especially kind of our relationships with other people when we don't have that opportunity to break bread with other people. The 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 thing with with, with it, see the American culture is uh, is really interesting in the sense that it, it's it's one of its kind, right? Um, because of the nature of it, they look at food as just pure fuel. I got to get the fuel and move on because of the, the, the way the culture is a very time, time based. We don't have time for anything. You know, time is money. Uh, me taking a few minutes to eat. That's, that's a, that's a problem. Food is just a, a fuel. We look at it as fuel. Um, whereas in, in a lot of cultures, not just a fuel, it is a time to meditate at a time. It's a time to you know, reflect the days, you know, the hours before. Uh, and the hours ahead. Um, and, and so are we losing? I, I do believe we do. Um, I think we, we do lose connection with people. Um, and also, too, we lose something ourselves in the sense that having a meal is a time for you to kind of let your brain rest, listen to your thinking, you know, listen to yourself think work out through some of these issues. And if we're not allowing ourselves to do that, I think we are in a way running our brain 24 seven without that moment of rest to say, okay, let me hear myself think. And I think we're losing on that. I, I do believe that um, there's a lot of mental illnesses, mental issues in, in, our, in this culture right now. And I'm not gonna, I, I think that there's some levels, different levels of it. But I think some of the lower levels of it are probably introduced by ourselves. It's kind of stopping out because we're constantly running. We're constantly running our minds and, and rather than resting it and you know taking some time to meditate, let it sit down and rest a little bit. And I think maybe some of the small, lower level mental illnesses that we have in this country maybe is because of that, because we constantly just you know, not taking our time to rest and eat and, and, and nourish ourselves properly before we run up. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're losing some, some aspect of it. Well, so let's, let's um, <clears throat> take a step back and look at, you know, some of kind of some of your journey. So you're from Ghana and you come mm -hmm. over, what age do you, do you come over from Ghana? Uh, came here, I think I was 17 years old. Seventeen, and then and and then, like I said, you know, you're you're an engineer by trade. You 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 keep the lights on as an engineer. So what kind I of do. what kind of engineering do you do? I uh, I actually majored in uh, mechanical engineering, and then I went and got a master's in aerospace. Uh, so now I work as an aerospace engineer. Um, and the uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because. Uh, um, when people find out I'm an engineer and I'm also love to cook and, and I play music, they go, what? You know, <laughs> but I, I think that's the beauty because the, the truth of the matter is this. Um, I, even, even if, if, even if the average person you have say, let's just say 60 years to live to me, the idea of spending even half of that doing the same exact thing all your life to me is absurd. Um, and, and, and if you look at the old um, 
the old ways people like isaac newton benjamin franklin all these people they were actually truly that's what they call renaissance men they truly really engaged in multiple things you know especially benjamin franklin benjamin franklin other than being a farmer and 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 then politicians and all that he i mean we all know what he did with electricity you had all these things going um and so that's the way I, I, my curiosity always kind of pushed me to stretch other parts of my brain rather than just settling with um, the left brain activity all the time. Yeah, you know, something I believe in heavily is that there's so much overlap in yes. all parts of our lives. And yeah. I think, you know, there's this idea of what's called like active recovery there, you know, when in physical training, like there are no rest days, you're just have days where you're training differently. And there's like this, this, you know, this sense that, okay, if you're going hard for, you know, as a runner for me, let's say I'm, <laughs> this clearly isn't me because I'm not going hard when I run, <laughs> but let's say if I were, and I, my training plan had me going, had really tough training days four or five days in a row. Um, you know, there's this like comment, there's this folklore, this myth that, okay, then you take a rest day and you take the day off. And it's, I call it a myth because in, in reality, what you need to do on that day off is just a different form of exercise Yep. and it's this active recovery thing. And so what I'm trying to get to is, you know, as an engineer, you know, you're talking about how your mind's always running and Pete, you know, if you're really in, engaged in one topic and as, as a rocket scientist, I'm sure that some of your work is really engaging and things like that. But what you're doing and what I think speaks to just you as a person and what you offer and how you really are the Renaissance man that you are, is that for you, taking a break isn't just popping on Netflix and watching right. and, and binge watching whatever exactly. is on there for like four hours for you taking the break is playing music or, or exactly. probably cooking something. And, and right. by doing that, you're engaging in a totally different part of your brain. Yep. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I've, I very much have had, uh, you know, for me as a software developer, I've had moments where I've been working, hammering away at a very technical problem. And when I take a step, take a step back and I go for a run or something, I'll literally come up with that answer. Yep on yep. my run is that yep. do you so do you get do you have moments of clarity like that when you're oh, yeah. cooking or when you're playing oh, yeah. music yeah it, it, it happens all the time i tell you a story about um my last job there was a we were having some issues trying to come up with a solution and i came up with a solution and it was baffling because nobody really understood how I came up with it. And I and I explained to them. And and I think one one thing I discover is that I think what you're talking about the fact that I'm able to, you know, stretch myself to be an artist, play music, and cook, and at the same time do the engineer. I think those complements each other. And and I think when 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 I take a break from the engineering. Um, I do believe that I, I was able to come up with a solution because I had a different point of view of looking at the problem. Whereas if you're constantly just looking at the problem from one point of view, it's kind of hard to see what other aspects of it. So I think um, the, the fact that 
I do the music and all these things gives me it really complements my my um my engineering thinking and likewise too sometimes when I'm around artists and and I see certain things, I'm able to see certain point of view. And I think it's because I, I again, I'm like the outsider looking in. Um, and I can see things that necessary people don't. Um, and so to me, all those, the cooking, the music and all that, it, it's, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's, it's a form of a break to give myself, okay, um, let me go and exercise this other side of the brain and see what I come up with. And the results have been amazing. The results have been both sides seems to be compliment myself. Uh, the other day, a friend asked me, so what would you, what are you? And I said, why do I have to be anything? You know, I I, I don't even like that. I'm not in, don't come, I'm just Kofi. You know, um, I don't let my career define my identity or what I do define my identity. It's not how I live. Um, all those things are me. You know, if I lose them all, I'll still be Kofi because... That's just the, the, the reality of it. So I think, yeah, you put it nicely in that it's, it's, it's the active recovery in that let me take a break from this and let me go do something. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. I always tell, um, when, typically when I get, when I have like mentor, uh, kids that I have to mentor, I always tell them that don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket and try to explore and learn different things. Don't just be an engineer, you know, try to, try to go the opposite way, try to push your brain to that end and see what happens. I think there's yeah. something to, to gain from that. Yeah. There's, you know, I know uh, in the military, there is a great emphasis on just putting people in situations that, you know, they typically weren't, it's like this cross, this cross organizational relationship where you were having somebody from the Marine Corps going and spending a year in like the army and all these things. And it was just exposing people to all different types of, you know, that was just like an information and knowledge sharing point. But I think it's, you know, it's also part of that, you know, just go and explore, just go, you know, you can't be, can't be bottlenecked or no. wearing blinds horse blind horse blinders on for one thing your entire life i think you know it's the I, I think socratic i think that's very important to our youth development in terms of um oftentimes i, I feel like in this culture we we penalize people who are jack of all trades you know because we we are good at we're good at labeling you this and this is what you're good at and that's what you got to do um, but I do think that in the future, you, you want to be jack of all trades because it, it, there's a beauty in that thing. You know what I mean? And that, um, you, 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 you can do whatever, you know what I mean? If, if you want to go well, you can quickly retrain yourself and go do another, something else. So I think that that's really, really important in our future, in my opinion, anyway. Well, what caused you then to kind of branch out and take your cooking from, you know, something that was you enjoyed, you know, doing in your own home to now where you're running your own business? And, you know, it looks looks like your business is doing really well. You know, I love seeing everything that you're posting. And, you know, it seems like the, you know, that's why I didn't want to call it a side hustle, because it's not a hustle. You're, you're you know, you've got 
you've got the same kind of intensity that you're bringing to your nine to five job to this, what I would say a five to nine job where it's yeah. your other 40 hour plus work week job. Yeah. The, the one reason I actually went that route is to help people. My whole goal was to try to create uh, my own business in which I can push it that to a point where if I'm making profit, I can just dedicate that whole profit to a scholarship, primarily to, there's a lot of kids in Africa. Um, I'm a prime example. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a product of the kindness of strangers. I mean, that, that's my whole life is, is, is because of kindness of strangers. And so I've always felt, um, I've always felt the need or the ob obligation that I need to also help people, you know, um, g give them a place to stand. In the past, I've set I've set up some scholarship on my own money from the um, from the engineering. But my whole goal with with word of mouth really was to set it up and if to the point where if it's making enough profit, I can just dedicate that whole profit to some kind of a scholarship that will fund people. To Kind of stuff. I'm not there yet, but that's the goal. That's really what what makes me um, made a public. It was not that you know I needed it to make a living, but I wanted to at least set it so if I'm generating income and it's enough for me to dedicate that to to sustain itself, but at the same time helping people, perfect. And and that's the that's the that's the goal for me is is to get it to that point. That's an awesome goal. And yeah, it's, I don't want to. Uh, it's it, I. I truly hope it will get there someday. It's a lot of work, but it will get there. It you know, get when there. it's one of those things where yeah, I, I don't know where I saw this image, and I, it's probably one of those like stupid ass like posters, motivational posters, where it's got a, you know, it's like a cat hanging from a tree limb, and it's like hanging there is the caption or some shit like that. But I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always reminded of this image of uh, uh, if you can if you can imagine like an ant hill, um, like the cross section of an ant hill, basically, and this person is like tunneling underground, and they've got the pickaxe, and they're just tunneling away, and the person can't see what's on the other side of the wall that they're right. chipping away at, but you know, on the other side of the wall is this like treasure trove, literally like a room yeah. of gold or something. Yeah. And just as the signet it's signifying, just keep going, just keep hammering. Yeah. You never yeah. know until, you know, that one day you wake up and all of a sudden word of mouth kitchen is like the, the newest thing on food network channel or yeah. something. Yeah. It's, it's the journey too, you know, is, is the journey that to me makes it exciting. The fact that I wake up and I get to see, I got to cook and I get to see people come and enjoy. One of my favorite things is watching people make, preparing a meal, put in front of people, people are talking and then the, the meal sits down and you hear, all you hear is quiet except for the, the noise that the knife makes with the plate. That's one of my favorite moments in life. One of my favorite sounds. Is people are talking, talking, the food gets done and everybody is quiet and they're enjoying the food and all you hear is that clicking noise between utensils and plates. It, it's, it's a phenomenon. I love every time I see that, it's just like there's something very calm and peaceful about it. 
you know, and, and I love that. I, I love hearing that sound. And that's the way I feel with word of mouth. I love it when people come, you give them the food and they enjoy it. They come back and say, this is the best meal I've ever tasted. You see their face almost like lights up, you know, and they, and they, they walk away with, you know, a sense of, I just had a great meal. And that to me is, ah, I, I will, I will jump off, you know, uh, Mount Everest for that feeling. You know what I mean? It's, it's a beautiful feeling. And that's what I, that's what I enjoy. That's what I enjoy going to the market, going to, um, you know, the farmer's market and cooking and making people um, come and taste it. Now, do you take it as a personal challenge to, you know, because I know in some cultures it can be insulting if you leave food on the plate, but it versus other cultures where it's a, sh a sign of respect that, hey, you fed me enough that I'm leaving room on the plate. Now, what's your preference? Do you prefer to have guests with uh, just full bellies and no food left on the plate or? You, you, you know, it, it's, it's interesting you, you say that. Um... When I first came to this country, I used to think that way in the sense that because in my culture, when you go to somebody's house and they offer you food and you don't eat it, it's like a big insult. But I think as I spend more time, I've learned to adapt. So to answer that question, I don't typically, I don't, I don't take any offense to them because look, to each his own, you know, we, we're never... I've learned not to take things too personal, even though, yeah, it is my food. If you don't eat, that's okay. I don't know what the reason. I know I prepare great, and I'm not going to, you know, take offense to that. So I don't typically look into that too, too much. I will ask, you know, I will try to understand, uh, and I've done it a lot of times, what, what's wrong? I will ask, you know, as a form of trying to see what, if something is wrong, I can make it better. You know, but a lot of time it, it's not at all as a, I don't take it as an offense or anything like that. I, I will ask only because I want to get the feedback so I can make it better the next time. And it's been great people um, who's told, you know, tell us. I had this French guy who uh, came and said, I enjoyed it, but I put a caper in, in one of the uh, salads. And capers are a really funny thing because capers are very salty. So if you put it with with in your food and you also have some salt in it, it can be overpowering quickly. Um, I kind of knew that going up, but I never really thought about it. this guy. I tasted a French guy and he came and said, I loved your food. But next time, less capers. And I knew exactly what he was going um, And it's actually funny because he, he ate everything and put <laughs> And the capers, you know, he left them. And that's okay. And I thank him. I was I'm grateful for letting me know that. Um, and he was absolutely right. You know, so I don't, I don't take it. I don't know anymore. Because I think I am, I've been here long enough to know that um, everybody has, life is complicated enough. And everybody, different things are going on with different people. And not everything is what it is, you know. And, and that is how I've learned to kind of, you know, move around that. Yeah. And so word of mouth kitchen itself is, is it's unique, um, a unique, I guess, restaurant or a unique experience in that it isn't a, a restaurant. You know, there's no storefront restaurant. No. Why don't you, uh, 
why don't you tell people how, how does Word of Mouth Kitchen operate? And I mean, how did you even come up with the name Word of Mouth Kitchen? So the 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 name actually came about is uh, I I always wanted to one of the things that I've never gotten used to in in my in my new culture is the <laughs> the advertising the everything there's there seems to be this technicality about it. I wanted to go back to the old way, and that I say, look, you don't need MBA to run a business. It's simple. If you're good at what you do and your food is good, the word will carry on, you know. And so that's how the the the, the name actually came about. And I want I wanted the the food to speak for itself, without me having to do all kinds of gimmicks and all kinds of uh, trying to convince some people. I wanted to focus on the food and have the food be great and have people tell other people about the food. And so that's how the word of mouth kitchen came about. Um, and the way we operate is that is we go from farmer's market to farmer's market. And the way, reason I did that is because initially I want a storefront, but I realized that my experience in restaurants is, is sort of minimum. Um, and, and of course the restaurant business can be very, very brutal. So I wanted to collect some data to see if there's even a market for this. And the cheapest, simplest way was to do the farmer's market. You know, so the farmer's market, the overhead is down. I can go from one place to another, to another, to another. So I have a, um, commissary kitchen, which will repair everything. And then we put it together live, um, at the farmer's market. And so that's how we operate. And so now I've collected enough data to know that there is, uh, uh, there's a business for it. And so with all this COVID going on, one of the thing about COVID is that a lot, there's been a lot of spaces available. So I'm naturally looking to see if I can get a brick and mortar. Uh, but we will still, even if we get brick and mortar, we will still be doing farmer's market because it's a, it's a great, wonderful way to connect with the people. Um, and so that is always going on. And you're, you're, and you're an absolutely from scratch kitchen. Like, you know, you're going to the farmer's market, you're making everything, yep. um, you know, on the spot. So I'm assuming yep. that a lot of your menu changes based on different it, seasons. Is that right? It does. It does. So we, on, on the menu, I've, there's five salads. I've designed about 10 of them now. I have about 10 in my repertoire, but I don't always present all of them. I present, um, uh, five at a time, and then I rotate. Actually, there's three of them that are constant because people love them, so I keep that always. And then two of them I rotate them around to try, depend on the season and what what um, ingredients are there. I switch them around, I change them around. Um, like a few days ago, I just developed one called the drum beats, <laughs> and I, I love uh, I love playing around with words. You know, we have things like shrimply delicious. Salmon says, uh, I just developed one called the, the drum beats, and, 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 I, and I don't need to tell what's on it. You know, it's basically beats, roasted beats, and, and it's pretty good. Um, so in the new year, what we're going to do is we're going to take one of the salads out and try that one and see and see how it sells. Um, but, yeah, it, we, we're constantly – I like that idea. I like that organic way where you wake up, and depending on what – ingredients are available your menu changes um that's how that's how we keep the uh um the overhead down 
And is, is there a specific, I guess, you know, I don't want to call it a style of cooking a salad, but is there any, anything out there that you want to cook that would, that is a challenge to you that you haven't cooked yet? Are there like some recipes where you're, you know, you're just too intimidated by your, and, and I'm only asking this because I am a, I am a self self-professed grown ass man who has set off the smoke alarm trying to boil, <laughs> trying to boil water um, <laughs> for spaghetti. So. You, you know, it is really, it's interesting because I've never, I don't get, I don't, I don't get intimidated off. It. It's really weird. I think it's because I don't, the way I run my life, I'm not in competition with anybody. You know, I'm in competition with, I have nothing to prove to anybody. The, if I'm in competition, it's with me, with myself. And I also don't live my life like it's a race, because if it's a race, it's a very unfair race, because some people are born two minutes from the, <laughs> the finishing line, right? And so I think because of that, I, I never get, I can't think of anything that intimidates me. All I know is that if it's something that I don't know how to do, um, I know that if I spend time on it, I'll get it. And that's what I typically do. Um, one of the things I actually did, you know, paella. I want to learn how to make a good paella, you know. And it's a very, very intricate thing involved. And and the thing is that I know it's very, very complicated, but it doesn't intimidate me in a sense that because I know my first one may not be good, my second may not be, but my hundredth time, eventually I will get there and people will say, hey, this is good. And so I think that's the way I look at it. So I never really, there's nothing that really I can think of that I say, oh, this thing's an intimidating. Cooking in general for me is relaxing. If if you are cooking and you're stressed, you, 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 you're disservicing yourself because it's a very, it's, a ple- it's supposed to be a pleasant thing. You know, it's not supposed to be something that, um, you intimidate to go again. It's actually something that you go, oh man, I don't know this, but I'm gonna find out. You know, I'm gonna put these two, two together, and then we're gonna spark and see. There's actually a show that I'm trying to spin off with word of mouth called "What's in Your Fridge," and the whole idea, <laughs> the whole idea. I'm still researching it, but I'm trying it with friends. The whole idea is we come to your house, we open what's in the fridge, and whatever is in there, we try to come up with a meal. You know, so if we come to your fridge and there's some cricket running around, you're gonna have a fried cricket and 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 uh, ketchup. That's what you're gonna have. But the idea is, you know, and 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 so get back to you to your question. Nothing really intimidates because I, I I I find it interesting. Them go okay. If I put these two two together, what kind of you know taste am I gonna create? I I look forward to that, and I think with that. Um, with that outlook, nothing really intimidating because everything's almost like discovery, if you will. Um, if if anything really that I would say, okay, something, I am horrible at baking. You know, like I mean, I bake, I can make bread and make make all those things, but when it comes to like desserts and stuff like that, I'm horrible at it. You know, but it doesn't intimidate me necessarily. And. If you were, you know, I'm, I'm doing some hand wavy magic here, and let's say we had the opportunity 
for you to to cook and to have a dinner party with anyone from history um you know living or dead uh any 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 person from throughout history they don't even have to be famous yeah um if you could cook for, for who is the first person that comes to mind that you wish you could cook for oh wow that's that's a good question um i have to say i don't know much about my family um, like I said, no, nobody in my family that I know, but I would say my, my grandma, because I don't even know what she looks like. You know, I have no recollection whatsoever, but I think I would say, you know, my grandparents, both on my mom and my dad's side, I would love to like, I would have loved to cook for them. So let's sit down, have a meal and let me ask questions. You know, um, I think that would be my, Yeah. Because those, literally, I have no idea who they are. Like, I couldn't have been painting a picture. You know, so that, that those, those would be my, my people that I want to have a meal with. Yeah, you know, food is is just, it really, you know, what we're talking about at the beginning is it's just something that connects all of us. And yeah. there's, there's just, you know, so many memories are tied around food. I know for me, you know, growing up, some of most of the stories that I have about my family life revolve around things that might have happened around like the dinner table or things around food. So Mm -hmm. yeah, food can be so integral to our relationships with everyone else. And especially those for the, you know, like you said, the people that we, that we don't know, you know, it's going to be, it it can be a way to bond with others. Um, there's a reason why people go on first dates over dinner and, you know, (laughs) you you know, you you want to see how the person treats the, treats the the waiter or waitress and all that, all those anecdotes and things. Yeah. It's food is to me, it's like, it's, it's the best thing to connect with people. Um, you can't beat it because it's, it's such a, such an, such an intimate setting, you know, such a beautiful thing that. Um, you, you can't beat it anywhere. You can do all kinds of stuff. What kind of project do this? But unless you've sat down and eaten with somebody, you haven't really connected. So it's definitely important. Now, there is, um, <laughs> the other day, a friend of mine used a word that I I didn't know what he was. He said, oh, mindful eating. And I said, what in the world is that? You know, and and the more he talked about it, it's basically what we're talking about. The fact that, you sit down and have a meal without watching TV and stuff like that. Um, and he said it's a movement that is going on America. And, and I would start laughing. I said, why, 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 why do you need a movement? I mean, that's how you're supposed to be eating. <laughs> you know, when you're supposed to be eating, when you sit down and your food is in front of you, you know, cell phones, TV, everything goes out the window. So you're just eating. You know, so I I don't I didn't know there was such a movement, but I thought it was really interesting. They call it mindful eating. You know, okay. Um, I so there is a movement out there going on, mindful eating, where you know people are actually making it much more. You know, they're trying to get to where some other countries look at eating and connection with people, which is good. So I'm happy about that. That's good. And is that something that maybe you would do with your own business in that, you know, some some entertainers, you know, like Dave Chappelle or most comedians, you know, they they won't, you know, they make you put your phone away right. in in some type of like lockbox um, so you don't disturb the show. Is there, you know, do you 
do you even ask guests to, you know, when they come to just, you know, to just put their phones away or is that, uh, have you not thought of that or? Right now in the farmer's market, I can't control that, but in, in the brick and mortar, my, I want to, the way I want to do that is I want to create the environment such that I don't have to tell them, but they know, you know what I mean? I think that's much more powerful when, because you can tell somebody don't do this. You know, and humans being what we are, you tell me not to do something, we're probably going to do it. But I think if you if you set the environment to be an example, people will not will be will think twice to 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 sit down and pull your phone. And I think is it that's one of the challenges that um, this is why I have to be very very careful in in in, in the in the brick and mortar because I want to set it up such that. Um, you feel like you're not you're not going to restaurant, but you're coming to somebody's house to eat. You know, you 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 touch an elbow, like if you sit down, you can't help but to talk to the next person next to you, rather than you just looking at your cell phone while eating. You can't you literally. There's no room for you to do that because you're so sitting next to somebody that you got to talk to them. You know, so I want to set the environment that way, so that way I don't need to tell you, but the environment itself, you know, makes you do, makes you want to do that. That's my goal. That's my goal. Yeah. And, you know, there's no denying that like social media has to play a presence in some of our things. And so, you know, I'm sure as, as a, as a chef, you know, it probably feels good to have somebody take their phone out and take that photo and post it on Instagram and show it off and everything. But I could think that also, it sounds like you also, you know, there's a little bit lost when somebody's more engaged with their, with their phone than what they're eating. And, right. you know, you, I, yeah. Yeah. I, you, you know, that, that whole era of people taking food, like I said, I, I want word of mouth. That's why the name is called word of mouth. I want to, I want to go back to the old school way. You know, uh, nice that you're taking picture and broadcast. I appreciate it. But to me, I think if the food is good, somebody would tell somebody and that person would tell somebody and that person would tell somebody and you'll get the people will come. I truly be, I truly believe in that. So, so if, if you if if you if you come to my place, and it's a it's it's a question of put the phone away. I say put the phone away. Don't worry about the taking the picture and sending it out. Put the phone away. Enjoy the food because if you if you really enjoy the food and concentrate on it, the food is going to be so good. You're going to tell somebody about it. You're going to say, you know, I went to that place where the mouth kitchen and that food was good, and that person is going to come try it, and he's going to tell the other person, and it's just going to keep going. And guess what? You probably achieve the same thing with the same photo. You know, you achieve the same thing that you did with the photo because that's exactly what's happened. But I'll prefer that you eat and then tell somebody about it. So um, I didn't know this, but somebody opened a, a Yelp page for us. I, I was I wasn't aware, and I guess people start filling Yelp, and we get a pretty good Yelp review. And uh, and I kept getting these calls from people, and I didn't know what was going on. I would get a call from Yelp, you know, you haven't claimed your, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And we'll get also advertising company calling us, you know, 
And so one day, phone wrong, and I picked it up, and there was a guy, hey, you know, we can really help you, you know, really go to the next level of your business. And I said, oh, tell me, tell me, like, who are you? And he says, oh, uh, we noticed that, you know, you have a pretty good Yelp review. We are advertising agent, and we can help you go to the next level. And I said, first of all, where are you at? And and so I'm in, I'm in the East Coast. I said, okay, so do you know what I do? Do you know my food? She was quiet. And I said, have you even tasted my food before? And he goes, no. And I said, so you haven't tasted my food. You don't even know what I what, what, what I cook. How are you going to advertise to help me when you haven't even tasted the food? You know. Now, I think he was very... I think he was really taken aback by the fact that I'm saying that, but I was trying to make a point. He says, it's not how I want to run my business. The people who are advertising for me, I want them to taste the food because how do you advertise something you haven't tasted before? And, and, and of course, his was he's going to use data, you know, because there's, there's all the technology, you get the data, send it out, you know, that kind of stuff. And I said, no, I want, I want the, the, the places called word of mouth for a reason. I want people to come taste the food, tell people about it, you know. So I have no problem if you want to do advertising for me, but at least come to the kitchen. Let me make you the food, taste it, so at least you know what it is that you're advertising, you know. But that that's the way I want it. That's the way I operate is that the, the you know, the old way in the sense of taste that thing first and then talk about it rather than you going to use some gimmick to food that you've never even tasted before whether it's good or bad you have no idea that's not did you did you overnight him a tray of chicken and roast vegetables <laughs> I, I did but what, what i told him was that if he has if he if his company has somebody in san diego i'll be more than willing to work for them provided that i would talk to them say and the first thing i would have done is come to come to the kitchen i'll make you some of the food and we can talk uh, as to how you can help me go to the next level but I, I don't I don't want to engage in the um, you know the the new way of doing business advertising in the sense that now it's all about data basically you just send a bunch of data out to people I, I don't want to engage in that um, because I don't I don't I don't think it's it's the, I, I want I want a candid you know real things I don't want to I don't want my company on my food to force itself on people rather than want the people want to come because they they heard about it and they want to try it themselves well i i can speak to it from a first-hand account your food is is absolutely delicious so there's no there's no doubt that that is uh that you know your purity and authenticity in your food is attracting a lot of people um but Kind of as we're, as we're wrapping things up, I want to spring yep. something on you that I want to that hopefully um, is easy enough to answer, but gives people again a little bit more personal side about sure. why this matters to you. So let's play. I want to play a little bit of a game here. Sure. Um, or it's gonna it's gonna be it's called first, worst, best, and last. And first, out of those worst, four, best, and last. Okay. Out of those four, I want you to choose. To choose a story that you wouldn't mind sharing about about cooking. You're either your first experience cooking, your worst experience cooking, 
your best experience cooking or the last experience cooking um, and just maybe give listeners a little bit of an insight into what uh, either, you know, either of those four, one of those stories might be for you. Okay. So it could be either the worst, best. Oh, wow. First, um, worst, best, or last, whichever one, uh, whichever one you wouldn't mind sharing. Okay. Um, and, it can, and, it, and it can be as simple as the last, you know, the last meal that I cooked for myself was, it was a salad with, you know, whatever, but I want to, I want to try and, um, I want to, <laughs> I, I want to, I want, I want people to taste your food through the airwaves. Okay. So I actually got the, <laughs> I get the worst where I'll go for the worst one because here's <laughs> <Yes>. why. <laughs> one of the things that, one of the things that I do, uh, to train, if you will train myself, I, I don't, I often don't like the word chef, you know, because chef Chef means that there's some kind of uh, training, and you know, I I like to be called a guy who can cook. Who loves cooking, you know, you know what I mean. And so the way I often train myself is sometimes I'll come, and I'll open my fridge, and I'll see what's in there, and I'll just start throwing things together. And the worst thing the one time was I came my fridge and took a whole bunch of stuff in there. There was beans, mushrooms, all kinds of stuff, and I mixed them all up thinking, oh, this is going to be great. And I tasted it. It was one of the most horrible things I've ever put together. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, I could not stomach it. It was one of the worst things. I don't know what, but there was, there was all kinds of stuff in the fridge and I didn't know why I just sat through everything together. So you, I had this giant pot of God knows what, um, everything you know there's just no there was no method whatsoever um and i remember i tasted it i couldn't finish the whole thing i i end up going out and grab a pizza because it's just like it was just too 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 horrible uh, and i do that some and the thing that was interesting is that i've done it many many times and a lot of time i'm actually hit it right uh, I, I hit it right in the head um, that's how I actually came up with a lot of some, some of the salads. Like I'll come home and I was go, let me see what this does. And oh, wait, this is actually pretty good. And then I'll make a note. But this one day, it was, it was just, it was bad. You know, it was one of the worst, worst thing. And I never, since I've never actually made that. I don't even remember the ingredients, but it was, it had asparagus, it had uh, Brussels sprouts, and it was just, ugh. it was just, it was, it was, it tasted bitter, and I said, "That's it, no more." But that would be probably my worst, probably my worst, and that was cooking for myself, actually. Well, trust me, your your I your worst cooking is probably the best I could ever imagine putting <laughs> <Yeah>. out there. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm yeah. grateful for that comment. That's that's yeah. nice. It cook. I mean, cook, cooking is. You know, oftentimes when I meet people who say they stress cooking, um, it makes me sad. It's almost like when I meet people and they say, oh, I, I don't have rhythm. And I say, no, everybody has rhythm. You just have to find it. You know, I do believe that everybody has rhythm. Um, you just need to find it. The same way I think everybody can cook. You just need to, you know, calm down and find find that, you know patience and just find that thing um 
and then because at the end of the day, I mean, we're humans. You have to, you have to be able to cook for yourself. You know, so I do believe that everybody has the ability to cook. Uh, it's a matter of calming yourself, calming your your mind, and making it. You know, taking yourself through it patiently and let things evolve. And I think that's what happens when people panic. If you panic, forget it. I mean, life, you panic, it's over. <laughs> you know, it's over. It's, not, it's Nothing good comes out of panicking. You know, so I do believe every, everybody can cook. It's just a matter of, you know, calming yourself and getting a hold of the kitchen. The other thing, too, that I, you know, this may be a surprise, but I also learned to cook. <laughs> um, as a as a way to spite the uh, the system, if that makes any sense. <laughs> your your own form of anarchy is is cooking. Well, it is. <laughs> I'm not Please kidding. do tell. <laughs> it sounds so, so. For the longest time, right? I one of the things you know me, and one of the things I am I love is that if I see the masses going this way, I go that way, just because I want to see what else is there. And one of the, one in, in in life in life one of the things that I really I find really interesting is I don't believe in that whole gender role nonsense I, I don't that oh yeah women have to go go I I think it's one of the worst things ever and sometimes I do believe that I I took on cooking just to just to derail that whole that whole belief and say man can also be in the kitchen. And be just as good. It's not a woman thing. It's just, it's just it's a human thing. Um, and I think a lot of time is it's more that reason because I wanted to say, look, I'm a man. I can cook, you know. Um, and it's not necessarily a woman thing or men. Just like just like a woman can be great at what men we what people think is a man's job. And so I think that's what I mean by I think it's my form of uh, um, despite the system. I think it's my my way of doing it, but uh, who knows? But you're making you're making a hell of a stand, I must say, because I because <laughs> again, your your cooking ranks up there with some of the best I've ever had, and, and, and not and not just the taste of the food. You know, I've been lucky to enjoy dinner parties with you, and just you know the whole experience that you're talking about. There's so much more to food, and it really is, you know, something that. Once this pandemic is done, and I come pick you up in my van, please, and <laughs> and we uh, and we do some uh, cross country touring in my van. Um, oh, I it's I I can't wait to t- I can't wait to see what you come up with with Dude. my single burner propane stove. Hey, we we can make a whole new uh, a whole new podcasting and documentary over that. Yeah. <laughs> the things that we're gonna cook, we can make a whole new documentary over that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Well, Kofi, thank you so, so much. Um, no worries. Anytime. Thank you. Yeah, man. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. That's it for this episode of the It Matters to Me podcast with my friend and guest, Kofi Endo. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to Word of Mouth Kitchen's website and Instagram channel. And if you live in the Southern California area, you're absolutely going to want to try some of his food. And as the name implies, help spread the word by telling anyone else who has a flair for cooking to check him out. 
Also, if you have a minute and you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review. I want to make this show something you look forward to, so if there's something I could be doing better, or if you have an idea for a guest, go ahead and write to me at adam at itmatterstomepodcast.com. The whole point of this show is to share stories of everyday people doing everyday things sometimes, and I feel like everybody has a story to tell, and I would love to tell that story. But above all, I just want to say thanks for listening, and until the next one, this is Adam Casey signing off.